Well, hey everyone, it's Holly. As we kick off this week's episode of Just Think the Podcast, we want to give you a heads up that this is a two-part conversation. Dr. James Thorpe is an OBGYN with over 40 years of experience. He is a clinical physician. He does his own research as well. And he's someone that we wanted to talk to because he has spoken out very publicly, warning people against the COVID-19 vaccines, especially in pregnant women and nursing mothers. We know this is an important conversation to have because unfortunately, the conversation, two sides of a conversation, is not happening in the mainstream media. And we know that all of our health and freedoms are at stake here. So take a listen to part one of our interview with Dr. James Thorpe. And in a few days, you'll be able to hear part two, where he goes through the data, the information. He even shares slides with us that we're going to make available to you as well that you can probably watch on Rumble if we can get these episodes posted there as well. So we wanna make sure you have the science, the information, follow the science where it leads. And that's to a non-political place called The Truth. All right, take a listen. Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast, to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions, search for the answers yourself, to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome, as long as you just think. another episode of Just Think, the podcast. This is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And today we are joined by Dr. James Thorpe, a physician, an OBGYN who has experience of over 43 years. Uh, You would not believe it if you saw him, but 43 years (laughs) of practicing as an OBGYN and not just a doctor, One of the reasons why we really, there were two reasons we really wanted to talk to Dr. Thorpe. One is that he was recommended to us by Dr. Peter McCullough, which if you've listened to our podcast before, you know who Dr. Peter McCullough is and you know that we love him. He's really become a show regular for us, but he suggested we talk to Dr. Thorpe for his experience specifically with pregnant and nursing mothers. And we know we have a huge audience of mothers and that need this information and have a lot of questions about the COVID vaccines and its impact on us. And we, you guys know, we like to go straight to the source, straight to the experts and get the actual science. That was one reason. But the other reason I wanted to talk to him is because he's been an outspoken physician, practicing physician who also does the clinical research. One thing that we have found is just because someone has doctor in front of their names does not mean they're up to speed on the latest science in their field. And that is an important distinction 
something that we feel the average you know, patient needs to know is that just because you go to a doctor doesn't mean they know everything about everything. And so one of the reasons we really wanted to talk to you, Dr. Thorpe, is because we know you are studying this. You're sticking your neck out on the line. We'll talk about that and what it's cost you today. But we know you have the evidence. You're bringing receipts, as Dr. McCullough says. And so we are so thankful. I want to also say thank you for your service. I know you're an Air Force veteran. So we, of course, love veterans on the show. So we want to thank you for your research and uh, I mean, for your service, but also you talk about one of the reasons that you have decided to be outspoken about what you're seeing, which certainly goes against the common narrative that we're hearing about COVID and the vaccines is because you took an oath, not just the Hippocratic oath, but an oath to the constitution of the United States that you would defend it until your death. And so with that, Dr. Thorpe, thank you for being on our show. And we want our guests to know more about you. So will you start by telling us how you decided to step out and speak up? What was your just think moment that made you say, I've got to do something here? Yes. Well, I, first, Kristen, Amy, and Holly, I just want to thank you for having me on Just Think Podcast. It's an honor and a privilege. And I've really enjoyed the, the uh, informal time that we've had together before you hit the record button and um, getting to know you ladies. And uh, this, is, um, this is why I do this. It's, it's, for, it's for you um, and, and my daughters who are your age, um, for my colleagues and for healthcare freedom for my patients, uh, my younger colleagues who are afraid to speak out. Th th this is why I do this. I I've seen atrocities uh, in outcomes. I've seen atrocities in the way that my patients are treated, the way that they've died in the hospitals. They've been mocked and had drugs withheld, uh, which I think constitutes really a criminal activity. And that this has happened over and over throughout every state in the union. So I, I am here um, for a time such as this. I am here for this Esther moment. This is the time that God created me to be in, to fight this evil and this fascism uh, until my last breath, and I, I will do it. Well, we are so thankful for you and the others who have found the courage. As Dr. McCullough shared with us, I believe on our last conversation, girls, didn't he say, there's only like 500 physicians that- Everybody, right? Yeah. yeah. There's like only the five, three. Yeah, there's only like 500 that know the truth about what's really happening. In other words, he felt most physicians are either blinded or turning a blind eye or if they know anything, they're terrified to say anything. Would that be your experience, Dr. Thorpe, being in that profession? It, it absolutely is. And, and maybe even worse than mine. Um, it's, it's absolutely horrifying. And, and I will say this um, about Dr. McCullough. Um, he's shared with me on... Uh, not privately, but on some of his podcasts, I've heard him say that he is has DNA of William Wallace in him. He's a McCulloch. 
um, and um, and and we share that in common um, because um, I'm a Thorpe, but I have McCluskey. I'm McCluskey, so the McCluskey and the McCullough's we have William Wallace Braveheart DNA in us, and we we will not stop fighting, and we will win this war. I, I guarantee you on that. We will win it. But it is absolutely true, Holly, that, um, you know, my beautiful bride, Maggie, is um, she's an attorney and, and she's a brilliant attorney. And, and she, you know, full disclosure, before I married her, she knew I hated attorneys. Um, I, I, I felt like the attorneys were the scumbag profession of our society. Um, and, and, but there's good news. I don't like speaking out those negative things. Um, but now what I've realized in the last two years, three years, that um, I now look up and have respect for attorneys and the legal profession. And I find it more honorable than physicians. So I'm deeply disturbed by 90% of my colleagues in my opinion, who continue to collect their paychecks, i.e. bribe money from their employers to continue hurting uh, and maiming and even killing patients by promoting vaccine and promoting the politically correct state narrative. <clears throat> the stakeholders um, in, in this new article that we, we talked about. We talked about it a little bit in uh, a patient betrayal, the corruption of healthcare, informed consent in the physician-patient relationship. That was actually published in February. That, there's 19 authors on that, including Dr. McCullough and four attorneys. And it's, a, it's really a deep dive into the actual document from the American Board of OBGYN that I was threatened with, and every physician in the United States of America was threatened with from all of these NGO private boards that are not elected, that have a, basically, they have the only authority to, there's no other institution, they have the authority over all physicians to gag them, which they've done. Mm -hmm. So a, a lesson learned here, true science, true academia, always honors the minority of differing opinions and receives their data. That's what true academic dialogue is. Our academia, the universities, the healthcare system have been hijacked by the concept of disaster capitalism. They bring in man-made disasters. They put us in a horrible situation. They try to scare us. They take away all of our rights and then they tell you, this is the way it's going to be done. No other way, it's our way or the highway. And oh, by the way, yes, we're creating a new billionaire, as you'll see in that preprint article that we just submitted for publication, every 17 hours. Every, think about that, a new billionaire in the United States of America, every 17 hours due to this, um, horrible situation that was planned. It's okay. disaster capitalism. That, okay, so we're going to share this article um, with our listeners, uh, if, that's, if that's cool with you too, Dr. Thorpe, this COVID-19 and disaster capitalism, 
is the name of the article. And, um, and, and so we're gonna, we're gonna refer back to that, but if you're listening, we're gonna put this in our link tree so that you can access, access it as well. I wanna back up for a second. Every 17 minutes, a new billionaire in the United States as a result of the pandemic. 17 hours, every 17 hours. I mean, every 17 hours, sorry, every 17 hours. And then the, the uh, that's, that's, if that doesn't tell you, again, we've always said on the show, if you want to find the corruption, follow the money trail. It will lead you to where the corruption is, where the power grabs really are. Um, there is something uh, that uh, one of my best friends sent me today, and it says, some people wouldn't know tyranny if it covered their faces, locked them in their homes, enacted the biggest wealth transfer in history, censored them, made them show papers, and forced medicated them. So Perfect. over the last two years, we can now look back. I feel, I, I wish more people were level-headed. I don't think that they are. But if you look back, you see what's happened and transpired over the last two years. And you have to realize something is very, very wrong. Dr. Thorpe, at what point in 2020 did you go, something is very, very wrong? Yes. Uh, it, it was the whole broadcasting of these events that were going to occur that have been going on since, uh, that I was aware of since 2015. This um, Klaus Schwab, uh, Bill Gates, um, all of their minions, this um, satanic individual, Yuval Noah Harari, yeah, the okay. satanic henchman of this evil individual, Klaus Schwab, um, they all told us what they were going to do. Um, so, you know, I was interested at the turn of the century in SARS-CoV-1 and, and followed that literature a little bit uh, because that was a scary time as well, uh, MERS and SARS. And, and so uh, I had been focusing on, uh, not to go down this rabbit trail, but on the repurposed drugs back then and also not just repurposed drugs, but repurposed, if I will, natural vitamins and supplements and energetics um, that, that I believe is, is the basis of, of all human disease. Um, and, and that's a rabbit trail we, 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 for a different day. Well, we need to have you back on for that rabbit trail. Because we like that rabbit trail. We, we agree. like the natural. Yes, we would love to hear more about that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So when you had, when you, you were already following all of this. So then when, when this came out and you saw them broadcasting all of this, what about like the whole, I mean, was it the vaccine? Was it the lockdowns? Was it the masking? Like to, to me, it was like, I already knew in the medical field that like, we didn't mask every, every single person we did, you know, and then when I knew that to, for vaccines to be rolled out, they have never done it that quickly. And anything warp speed scares me in the medical field. And when you are going to warp speed it for everybody, you know, and then just say, oh no, throw risk benefit out the ratio, you know, out the window, you know. So, you know, so what was your just thing? What was different? And how, yeah, so what, yeah, what, what made you change? What made you think? <laughs> brilliant, brilliant question. It's that's Amy talking, I'm pretty sure. It's Kristen. Kristen. So absolutely right, Kristen. So I, I think that um, what 
what was my greatest concern was at the very onset was, wait a minute, you're saying there's no therapy for this. That's, that's not true. That's not true at all. We know there's therapies for this. You know, just uh, in, in 2017, this massive meta-analysis of vitamin D3 uh, therapy showed clearly, and that was published in, I, I believe that was published in The Lancet, incredible article, probably one of the best articles uh, th that's published in medicine, uh, meta-analysis showing that an individual who was a, a little bit low on their vitamin D, you could reduce their risk of viral pneumonia by 80%, let that sink in, 80%. And that was pre-pandemic. So clearly there was therapies, especially in the energetics field, especially hydroxychloroquine, especially ivermectin, especially vitamin C, especially iodine. There's a massive therapies that are extraordinarily important that uh, never before, um, in the history of medicine, have we said, oh, forget about, it. there's no early treatment. That's a, that's a dictum that is a total non sequitur. There's no, there's never been a disease in the history of humanity where you don't treat it early ever. So that was the first aha moment. And then we, when I look into the uh, fear tactics. I, I just know from, you know, my creator and my savior and my Bible uh, that, you know, the most often repeated command that we have from our creator is do not fear, do not be anxious that that comes from the enemy. It doesn't come from God. So, you know, when I would start to get fearful, aha, uh -huh, it's not from God. God is not the author of fear. God is not the author of confusion. And Amen. take that to the bank. Amen. And that was for me too, Dr. Thorpe. I'm very, I'm very blessed to have been raised by two people who taught me that. And and also were with me, um, you know, as all this is unfolding, saying, wait a minute, when you start to feel fearful and confused where is that coming from right and it was coming well we know the ultimate spiritual CNN. Source, but cnn yeah it was it was it, it was it was and even fox news you know got on the bandwagon too i mean it was it was all the media they were getting their talking points they were using the same phrases and verbiage and and it was like state owned that's when you go wait a minute who owns media because journalism. Well, I had thought for a long time that journalism was lost, that we didn't have good journalism anymore. It was all owned and bought and controlled because if you're owned, you're controlled, right? And so the, the narrative, the narratives were coming out of one place and they were provoking fear and they were causing confusion and they were dividing. And this is where, if you know anything about the history of the Chinese Communist Party and the patience that they will employ against their victims, they will quote, kill you slowly, right? They, that where is the divide coming from in this country? Who is stirring up that divide besides, you know, Satan himself? Who are the people that are creating the divide in the United States? Well, think about it. They use the pandemic to make that divide even deeper. 
And the divide was the politicization of healthcare and the vaccine and masks and, and every other thing that was happening. You saw that they were dividing people against one another with the fear and the confusion. Well, and, and I want to, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, well, how brilliant of our enemies, if, if they have, and I believe they have, and I believe that will continue to come out, if they have played a role in this, how brilliant of them to be able to politicize all of this and create and divide us so that we're not even, the United States, Americans are not focused on their real enemies, which are beyond the borders too. They're inside as well and beyond the borders. We are so focused on hating one another that we are very weak. I think we've been very weakened by that. Yeah, and they, well, they've turned a lot of us against each other that that perhaps weren't, and especially in the medical field, because here's one thing that really made me think, and I don't know that I've really talked about this on the podcast that often, but I, at first I was fearful. You, you say, I mean, I was, I, I had been trained like with hazmat suits when Ebola, you know, with all this stuff, like you're thinking like, okay, we have no idea what this is. And you start thinking they're saying that, first of all, you've never said that like there's one answer for everything. But let's just say that the vaccine was going to be the miracle cure for everybody. But what do you do for the people before the vaccine comes out? This is what my argument was to some, there were some paramedics that would say something to me when I was trying to look into or posting about early treatment or what Dr. Corey was saying, what Dr. McCullough was saying and saying, hey, there should, I, was, I was pointing out vitamin D. I was pointing out these studies that I was finding that, hey, you know, obesity, like here are the risk factors. Let's look at this, you know, because what can we do? What can we be in control of? We weren't in control of the vaccines or when they were getting launched. And in, and in the beginning, they were only rolling out to high risk. And I'm like, so I was like, so what would you do? What are you going to do for your parents if they get COVID and the vax, they haven't gotten the vaccine yet? Are you still going to still go with that, you know, philosophy of, hey, just stay home until you can't breathe? And they are still now almost three years later, still giving the same recommendation. Even one of our friends, her doctor, because she wouldn't get the vaccine, did, what, did she, what did the doctor say? I'm going to cry if you get COVID and end up in the hospital because I can't do anything for you. I said, you need to get a new doctor. Yeah. The doctor said that to her because she would not get the vaccine. So it, I, I've never, ever, ever heard of anybody with pneumonia or anything just saying, just sit at home and wait it out. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. And then if you stop breathing or if you turn blue, that's when you call the paramedics. That's too late. We all know that. Kristen, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that you're making some allusions to some extraordinarily important principles of the World Economic Forum and also of, of our paper, what we talk about disaster capitalism. And just um, we, we go in and we look back and you take Peter Bregan's book, um, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. And you know, that's a book that is what 500 pages, 1100 references. And I would urge you, all of us to go back and read it again. I mean, it conclusively, irrefutably and undeniable, undeniably lays out the facts of patents and publications going from before the turn of the century. This was a planned stage event, exactly as Naomi Klein published at the turn of the century. Naomi Klein is a brilliant author. She's not on our wavelength. She's very liberal, but um, she has spoken a truth in her book 
um, disaster capitalism because she's outlined a, a documented, very well documented MO of the corporatists and the elitists um, with our government going in, creating disasters domestically and abroad in other countries, and then capitalizing on that disaster that they created, and then reinstituting the entire infrastructure of that country, uh, whether it's South America or Africa or the Middle East, uh, reconstituting, wiping out the entire infrastructure and reconstituting it with elements that make the corporatists extraordinarily wealthy and rich and increases the divide between the haves and the have-nots. And when you look at that repeated pattern of behavior really over the last century in the United States of America, we don't look really pretty uh, in, in that light. And this is just the greatest disaster capitalism move in the history of the United States of America and in the history of the world. So when we go back to your uh, elements, uh, it, they fall into place perfectly. Yes, we knew that hydroxychloroquine from uh, Dr. Fauci's, uh, I, I call him Dr. Death Fauci, Dr. Death Fauci's uh, NIAID paper that he funded and he's quoted back in 2005, hydroxychloroquine is an extremely safe drug and effective against SARS. And I know that, you know, I've been, I've been prescribing hydroxychloroquine in pregnancy for 43 years. It's extremely safe. Pregnant women that have pre-existing autoimmune disease um, the rheumatologists and OBs and the maternal fetal medicine uh, docs, even in the first trimester, we've been, we, we've kept the patients on that drug 200 milligrams twice a day. And, and we know it to be safe. So understand that, you know, you brilliantly, um, Kristen, documented the, the genesis of, of this. They had to create an artificial fraudulent narrative. Why? Because if you look at the books on the, uh, the laws on the book, the EUA, the vaccine never could have been rolled out ever unless there was no early treatment. So they had to take that out and that's what they did. And by taking out the early treatment, they're responsible as Dr. McCullough and, and uh, Ken Thorpe and, and, uh, my, and, and many others that point up here, Corey, Zevzelenko, all of us, they're responsible for the vast number, whatever number you believe were killed by the, uh, the COVID-19. 95% of those could have been prevented with the Zev Zelenko's protocol, Peter McCulloch's protocol, uh, Peter Corey's protocol, uh, FLCCC. So they're responsible for those deaths. Um, so that's, that's really peculiar that, that they would take out the drugs and uh, take out people legally or illegally, any means that it takes to wipe out the opposition so that what? So that we can create uh, 500 new billionaires since the COVID pandemic? I mean, that's unreal. And again, it speaks to exactly why they have an incentive to do this. And I would argue 
to our listeners, they knew they could get away with this. And the reason why they knew is they've been incrementally getting away with corruption for years at our expense. It wasn't like they woke up one day and said, here's a master plan. Let's go see if we can pull this off. They knew that they could pull it off. Now, they're not going to win. And too many of us now know we will fight literally to our deaths to, to make this right. But the truth is that so much of this has been going on for years. The, the fact that they are changing science, science now being bought to where studies can be bought by the pharmaceutical companies. It, they're not, they can manipulate data. And that brings me yeah. to my next point. Because um, we want you to speak to the female piece of this where we knew friends were saying either they had gotten the vaccine and their cycles were way, way, way off. We knew of people who the females weren't vaccinated, but their spouse was, and then their cycles got way, way off and people start reporting this. And then the news comes out and the fact checkers come out and they silence it and they say, wrong, 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 wrong. We even pulled up an article from January of this year that said, there is no evidence from Boston University. There is no evidence that this is disrupting cycles. So you tell us, Dr. Thorpe, did they get that wrong? Were the fact checkers wrong? The fact checkers are always wrong. They're <laughs> liberals uh, to take down truth. Um, you, you know that it's kind of like the Department of uh, Misinformation. They're trying to eliminate misinformation, but they're the greatest spreaders of misinformation that oh, yeah. can and maiming millions, not hundreds of thousands, millions. Let that sink in. So I, I want to call out my young colleague, who's, uh, again, um, you ladies are like my daughter's age and uh, uh, my youngest daughter's age. And, and same with Tiffany Parato. Tiffany Parato, you must have her on your show. Um, she is a, a young, um, brilliant, passionate leader um, in this exactly what you're talking about. She hosted... Um, on Facebook, there were, I think, I want to say 60 or 100,000 respondents, massive, all reporting on Facebook severe menstrual irregularities. Well, that is not good for the narrative. So the narrative, of course, all of these social medias are owned by the corporatists that all are getting their pockets lined by this money, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, what 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 we what they did was they don't like the opposition. They don't like that number of page uh, that social group on on Facebook. So we're going to wipe it out. They took it all down. They silenced. I, I want to say sixty thousand or a hundred thousand women that had a legitimate complaint, and I believe that every single one of those women who were uh, deplatformed should sue them, should sue them. Absolutely. Because, um, Tiffany Parada, what she did was, was she, brilliant young lady, she's in the um, corporate industry and, and um, uh, so she designed a platform called mycyclestory.com and mycyclestory.com and then uh, Dr. McCulloch was kind enough to connect me up with, with her and with uh, many other from uh, RFK's organization, Health Defense. 
-hmm. And so um, we got together and there's probably 15 of us and we published, and I'll send this article to you too, to the same email. Uh, about eight weeks ago, six weeks ago, we published our first in a series on the My Cycle story. And they were all wrong. And now they're so wrong. Um, and you'll see these on my slides in, in, the, in the VAERS data. When I compare the incidence of menstrual irregularity with another vaccine that I, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I've used vaccines my whole life. In fact, I pushed them in pregnancy. I never will again. Not what I've seen the government do and the threats they've made. But um, I'll, I'll never recommend a vaccine again, any vaccine for me or my wife or my children or grandchildren. Um, I, I never, That's where we are now. It's, it's a, so it, it's, it's just a real sad thing that when I compare the risk of menstrual irregularity with the COVID vaccine out of theirs with that of the influenza vaccine right out of theirs, same data, there's over a thousand fold increase. Now, an odds ratio of a thousand fold, let that sink in. Lesson learned, we don't roll out uninvestigated, un drugs or vaccines unencumbered in any data. You don't ever roll it out to the audience, to the general population, let alone pregnancy. So um, the first thing they tried to do was say, oh, that doesn't exist. Uh, okay, there's 100,000 women or whatever the number was. That's too many. Let's wipe them out and throw them under the bus. The same that they've done, the same right out of their same playbook. Disaster capitalism, you know, we are the prey. Uh, let's eliminate the opposition. Oh, vaccine injuries, let's throw them under the bus. Don't report them on any of the media. Wipe them out with your uh, IT algorithms for all the platforms. They're not allowed to exist. And that's why sites like Real Not Rare Yep. Uh, I was going to say, real not rare. They they deleted that platform too, right? Uh, on they, Facebook. You know, back up on a private platform now, but every on no, Facebook single... they, they deleted it, I believe. Oh yes, Facebook did. Yeah, because right. they they spoke at one of the testament, the Senate hearings or something about that that they had taken it down. Well, I'll say one of the biggest blessings of all this is that it's woke. It's been waking a lot of people up, including us. All this censorship. I think that people. You know, while the masses still haven't seen what we've seen, a lot of people are noticing way more than they would have, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's been yep. a silver lining. Yes. I, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. They, the first thing they try to do with the menstrual irregularities will say, and a lot of OBGYNs were buffeted and saying, you know, menstrual irregularities are, are not a big deal at all. I mean, they occur all the time. And, um, you know, and, and it's kind of a straw man argument because they, they are right, but you don't ignore data like this that, that I'm going to get into here uh, on this slide. Can you see this slide? Can your audience see it? Yes. What we're going to do is we're going to put this, our whole recording up so that they can see, but we will take your slides and post those in our, um, we will post those in our resources as well, Dr. Thorpe, so they'll have complete access to it. Awesome. So, you know, the main, um, the main thrust that I would like to make in this slide is that, you know, I, I realize I, I'm biased um, towards um, uh, taking care of women as patients for a lot of different reasons. Men are horrible patients. Uh, and, and I learned that. They are. 
on, and my <laughs> wife, my wife will attest to that about me. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a terrible patient, but also I, I'm more focused in in terms of gametogenesis, spermogenesis, uh, uh, oogenesis, uh, the gametes that are that God created us with to continue humanity in God's creation uh, under his blessing. And the, um, the seed of a man, okay, sperm, of course, has half of the number of chromosomes, 23 in a germ cell compared to a somatic cell that has 46. So this whole process of making seed in a man is very different than that of making seed. Uh, it's not seed. A woman has eggs. So a man has every single minute of his life, the testes are making new sperm. With every ejaculation, there's 150 million sperm. Um, and, and this is very, very different than a woman's um, gametogenesis or reproductive cycle. Before a, ba a baby girl is born, 10 weeks before that, she only has all the ovum for the rest of her life. Lesson learned, we don't expose those ovum to anything that could be teleterious. So when uh, this baby inside the womb, uh, who's only 30 weeks and may weigh three pounds, she has all the ovum for the rest of her life. So um, that's why what keeps me up at night, um, sweating the, you know, really possibly, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but these are potentially humankind, total devastation and loss of humanity if we can't reproduce. So am, I saying, am I saying that's going to happen? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, absolutely that should have been excluded before they ever rolled out this vaccine. Especially a mass vaccine rollout saying that it is perfectly safe for not only everybody, but pregnant women. For, mm -hmm. for them to say that, it shocked the hellfire out of me, excuse me, but like, I just could not believe that they would do that for pregnant women when, I mean, they're, they're now, talking about Tylenol, you know, that we shouldn't be having that. And they've always said that was the safest drug path. So you've, you've tested this for two months and pregnant women weren't even in the studies and you're saying it's okay. How can you just assume it's okay? They've never done that. That was another like red flag. Like what? It's like, if you had a seizure medicine to prevent seizures, you wouldn't just say every pregnant woman take it like just to prevent it. I, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm blown away. You're Christian. That was Christian, right? Yes. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, and this is why my platform uh, and my attack is so powerful because they have no data. Every, everybody in the world knows that our creator endowed us with natural golden rules of creation and pregnancy. There's no doubt. You don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a PhD. You don't have to be a nurse. You don't have to have a high school degree. You don't have to have a college degree or a kindergarten degree. Our creator, God Almighty himself, created us 
with certain principles on our heart. And we all know as human beings of both genders that you don't introduce new substances in pregnancy, you never do it. You don't even introduce older substances that have been present throughout all of mankind, like alcohol, like certain naturopathics. You don't do that in pregnancy. God endowed us with that on our heart. The American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology and its executive director, Dr. George Wendell, you've broken the golden rule of pregnancy. Dr. Susan Raymond, these are my contemporaries. I was on that board. I tested for a year. I was on the board of directors of Society of Maternal Field Medicine for four years. I testified in the United States Senate at the request of the Bush administration in 2003 for my expertise as a fetus as a patient. I've reviewed on major medical journals I published extensively. So yeah, I do know what is right and what is wrong. And everybody knows that this argument is totally wrong in pregnancy. And the American Board of OBGYN, you should be ashamed of yourself. I don't know how you got so compromised, but ban the poison in pregnancy, ban these horrible, uh, deadly, uh, injuring, shots, COVID-19 alleged vaccines, ban them in pregnancy. I call for a worldwide ban. And Dr. Wendell and Dr. Raymond and whoever else, let's come to public discussion in the United States Senate with Ron Johnson. And yep. just bring it on. Let's talk about this like we always used to talk about all academic things. You don't gag somebody for telling the truth. Um, you should know the history of obstetrics yourself. When you start gagging truthers, you're killing science and you're killing patients. You know, just go back to Ignaz Philip Semmelweis in the mid 1800s in Vienna lying in hospital where 50%, almost 50% of women that walked in to a delivery ward uh, went out with a morgue, dead from puerperal fever. So Ignaz Philip Semmelweis, the, uh, the Hungarian Jew, uh, one of my heroes, comes up, developed the germ theory mm -hmm. and developed, a, actually studied it and proved by washing hands with a lye solution that you could uh, uh, eliminate or markedly reduce deaths. And he, what was, he was, he underwent severe discrimination a severe uh, punishment because he went against the narrative. Yet look at all the women and children he saved. He, he 50% of women dying. And he had the study and the data to prove it. Well, it went against the narrative. So they destroyed Ignaz Philip Semmelweis. They destroyed him. Yeah, and yeah. that's not science. As Sir Karl Popper, uh, the famous Brit uh, philosopher, who was knighted. Science progresses by refutation and falsification. I have put forth falsification and refutation of the American Board of OBGYN and the entire narrative of all medical boards. I falsified you. I've refuted you with hard, cold data that you cannot change. Mm. 
It's incumbent upon you to refute my data and you can't do it. That's why you won't debate me. They won't. They responded because you did, you sent, you've sent letters to quite a few boards and people and groups and everything, correct? Have they responded or just ignored? Ignored. Um, well, they haven't ignored me, uh, Dr. Wendell and uh, the American Board of OBGYN in writing, uh, my attorneys have two, two letters where they threaten me. Um, and, and it's interesting, they threaten me, you know, you're, you're unprofessional and you're spreading misinformation. But okay. they won't tell you but what the misinformation is, right? So no, they won't tell me what the misinformation is. Uh, misinformation is anything that goes uh, against their narrative. And, and Maggie, my wife in a deep dive, and she really helped me out, help us out, although she chose not to be a co-author on that patient betrayal article. When you do a deep legal dive investigation into the American Board of OBGYN September 2021 threat, gag order to all the physicians, they reference American Board of Medical Specialties. They also re uh, referenced um, <clears throat> the Federation of State Medical Boards and they put their websites on there. And if you do a deep dive, there was one purpose for this mass gag order that by the way, as, as all the attorneys pointed out, and we pointed out in the patient betrayal article, this constitutes collusion, it constitutes fraud, and it constitutes a RICO violation, RICO violation, R-I-C-O, racketeering influence corrupt organization, R-I-C-O. And these are federal crimes, and these crimes totally demolish any legal immunity that the CARES Act would give to a hospital or a physician or to a pharmaceutical company. It uh, completely pierces the 1986 Vaccine Injury Act. Um, it, it, it completely destroys that they lose their immunity, any legal protection if there's fraud and, and there's clearly been fraud clearly been fraud and this is so a couple points that we just want to highlight that you you gave the evidence to the boards and then they accused you of not being professional and spreading misinformation without refuting your evidence so they called yeah. it misinformation but they couldn't refute it guys this is this is a big deal and this is where you have to start to really suspect fraud because what is the other reason for doing this there's no other explanation makes sense that everybody would collectively become stupid Right. There's they're not they're calling it misinformation. It's gaslighting, calling it misinformation, but not telling you what's misinformation. But I think the other piece of this, too, is I am sure Dr. Thorpe and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like I've heard you share this. You're seeing the effects clinically right in vaccinated patients. So it's not just that you can see the data and the studies, but you're actually on the front lines watching things unfold. Can you share, because we want, for anyone that's considering the vaccine, we want them to be aware, what have you seen? And, and you certainly just showed us the science for what it does, but what have you seen You know, as a practitioner? What have you seen as a result of your vaccinated, perhaps versus your unvaccinated patients? Uh Excellent question, Holly, and I'll, I'll address that on this slide. I'll jump back around on my slides to address your guys' questions. This is data that's in preprint. This is an extremely important article um, and data that I have. 
and my beautiful bride uh, and attorney, uh, Maggie, uh, you know, I've always done all my own statistics and, and um, she wouldn't let me let go of this data to anybody until it was quadruply checked um, from independent sources. Uh, and and um, so I, I let the data out. Um, there's several authors on this. I, I do wanna um, acknowledge them because this is our work, it's not just mine. Um, but uh, Dr. Peter McCulloch uh, is assisting us with this. I have two of the military whistleblowers, um, Teresa Long, MD, um, and, and also, um, let's see, the, the other military whistleblower is Stuart, um, Dr. Stewart, I'll think of his last name in just a little bit, uh, and he's up there at Fort Rutgers. Um, and then we have a, a, another incredible, brilliant young uh, physician assistant, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, her name is Claire uh, Rogers, and she is a, an associate of uh, Dr. referred uh, by Dr. McCulloch for me. And we have um, Benaviades, Albert Benaviades uh, from San Francisco, who is the various expert in the entire world. He's like a rock star over in Europe um, and, and over in Italy, and he's written all their dashboards for the, the disease and the vaccine. And boy, does he have some interesting insight into the corruption in VARES, as damning as this VARES data is. Um, and you ladies really should have um, Albert uh, Benavides on with you. He's a brilliant guy. I can share you his contact information. I'd love his contact because I was actually going to even reach out to uh, Jessica Rose. I know she's been doing, she's a you know, VAERS expert as well. I'd love either or both. <laughs> yeah, Jessica Rose is a brilliant young, um, and I, I, I love her uh, substack and She's also a co-author on this paper. Uh, she's verified this data. Um, sh so she's gonna author with us as well. Um, she's brilliant, she's bold, she's fearless. I mean, she's in a extraordinarily fascist uh, situation up there in Canada, it's horrible. And God bless you, Dr. Rose, Dr. Jessica Rose. Uh, Jess, uh, you're one of my heroes and, and I'm very proud of what you're doing and keep up your fight. Mm -hmm. So um, so starting at the very top of this list, you can see my mouse, I think, can't you? Mm -hmm. Can you see it? Yeah. So yeah. I yes. want to just, this looks really complicated, but it's really, really easy. This is one of my favorite statistical plots of, of, in all statistics. It, it's called a forest plot. And it's, it's don't, don't be intimidated by it. It's really easy. I'll break it down. So on this um, y-axis, uh, um, you, you'll see actually 13, there were actually 14 variables that I extracted from VAERS. Um, all of these are pregnancy related, except the one above here I left off was the menstrual abnormalities. And I kind of reviewed that. Okay, that odds ratio was way out, it was so far out, I couldn't even put it on the graph. It was a thousand fold out. And then it just skews the graph. So it, it scrunches it up, so you, I left it out. So what an odds ratio is, is, is very easy. 
there's an odds ratio, which for miscarriage, if you go down to the x-axis, you'll see the odds ratio is about 50 fold. That's a extremely high odds ratio. And the way that we interpret odds ratio is we look at the 95% confidence interval of that odds ratio. So this 95% confidence interval would go, oh, I'm guessing somewhere around 35 to um, 60. What that means is that unless this odds ratio goes on the other side of uh, zero or one, it's statistically significant. So um, none of these odds ratios are anywhere close to one. They're all highly statistically significant at a p-value less than 0.0001. And for just for the non-statisticians out there, what that means is that there is less than one um, uh, in um, 100,000 risk um, of this occurring by chance alone. So in essence, it's, it's not chance. Um, and again, keep in mind that this data has been quadruply checked and it's been my statistical analysis has not only been verified by independent statisticians, but they've done additional tests, which is even beyond my ability. Um, they're, they're doing uh, analytics like Poisson uh, regression and graphing uh, that it's indisputable that there is a major statistical and clinically significant. So right here, we're comparing the women that had the COVID-19 vaccine miscarriage uh, in the numerator with the denominator of being the influenza vaccine, the same thing. And it's the same for the rest of these 14 variables. Everything is, is analyzed as an odds ratio in reference to influenza vaccine. So clearly uh, miscarriage, and I, I always differentiate miscarriage from fetal death. And that's one of the things where the, a lot of the people are reporting um, uh, um, using technically incorrect obstetrical terms. Um, you, you always wanna kind of differentiate fetal death from miscarriage because why? Well, because miscarriage has a, also known as a spontaneous abortion, the same exact same issue here. It has um, a dr tremendous normal variability, like a couple of days after conception before a woman even misses her period and she's pregnant, the spontaneous normal miscarriage rate may be very, very high. But as you progress in the pregnancy towards 12 weeks with a heartbeat, it's extremely low and even more rare until you get to uh, less than 20 weeks. At less than 20 weeks, 19 weeks and six days is where we differentiate between a miscarriage and a fetal death. A fetal death is very rare. A miscarriage is very common. So when you have such a uh, vast variance in miscarriage rate from a few days after conception until 19 weeks and six days, probably not a good variable to use by itself because a lot of the coders and a lot of even the doctors that put it in there, they don't understand the difference between a miscarriage and a fetal death. So I kind of go back and rewrite their numbers so it looks clean to an obstetrician. To an, if you want to include both of these, you got to include, just call it pregnancy loss. 
but don't call it fetal death or miscarriage. Otherwise, it's it becomes confusing. And that. Now, and and that's the thing, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dr. Thor, but for anyone who is only listening right now and you can't look at the screen, I just want you to know that these are the significant events, which means statistically significant, meaning outside of the ordinary, quadruple check data. This is from the reporting data, right, uh, Dr. Thor? Was this the VAERS, the VAERS adverse yes, event? Okay, so miscarriage, abnormal... <laughs> Sorry, you guys. I have dogs that are guard dogs today. Abnormal I love I love dogs. <laughs> um, What's your dog's name? <laughs> Dansby and Rivers. They're both named after athletes. Philip Rivers and Dansby Swanson from the Atlanta Braves, and um, and they are golden retrievers, so they're super sweet. But when it's me, they are protective. So this is the my alarms going off when they hear someone. Mm -hmm. um, but there's fetal malformation, cystic hygroma, fetal cardiac abnormalities, fetal arrhythmia, fetal cardiac arrest. Look at all the heart. They'll admit that there's, you know, cardiac events from, or, or um, what is it? Um, help me. Myocarditis. But they won't go all the way to say cardiac arrest arrhythmia, malperfusion, fetal growth abnormalities, fetal testing abnormalities, thrombosis, blood clots, amniotic fluid decrease, fetal death, and as he said, miscarriage. But this is what, sorry, but this is what I this is what I want everybody to understand is this is not normal. And these are the things that they have data to prove and yet they're telling you, no, no, not just telling you safe and effective, they're bullying many of these patients into this vaccine saying, I will not deliver. Dr. McCullough shared a, an example where he said that, that, that a doctor said, I will not deliver unless you're vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine. Two days later, she delivers a stillborn baby. And, um, and, and, you know, again, you can call this coincidence, but if you could see this data right here, you're going to suspect it was not a coincidence. I had a friend who was clearly against the vaccine while she was pregnant, call me one day and say, Hey, talk to me again and tell me why I shouldn't get it. And I, and, and I was giving her the data, but here's why, because her doctor and a friend both scared her to death about what could happen if she got COVID, both to her and the baby. So will you bring clarity to this right now for us, Dr. Thorpe? Are pregnant women really at much greater risk of dying of COVID? Of dying from COVID? Yes. Uh, a pregnant woman is at uh, greater risk for dying of, of any infection, but that risk is, is pretty limited. Um, because women who are pregnant do have slightly altered immunological and cardiovascular pulmonary physiology that, that leans in the direction of being at a little bit more risk for any pneumonia. But again, uh, the important point here is that when I challenge uh, another maternal fetal medicine doctor, uh, you know, or an inpatient pulmonologist, critical care doctor, you know, why are you doing this? Um, why are you doing this? Say, well, we're sick of seeing pe pregnant women die. Well, uh, the fact of the matter is that they, they, they do not come up with specific cases of COVID-related pregnant women deaths. It's, again, a straw man argument, and it's fear porn. Um, and I would say to my maternal field medicine colleagues, my pulmonary critical care colleagues, you're missing the bigger picture. The patient wouldn't have been sick or even hospitalized had you not 
desecrated the standard of care, which was developed locally in the community by brilliant physicians like Zev Zelenko, like Pierre Corey, like Peter McCulloch, and I could go on and on and on. They determined this local standard of care in the world within months, mm -hmm. except the bureaucrats shot them down because it didn't fit their corporate capitalist narrative, disaster capitalism. So this is exactly why bureaucrats and hospital administrators do not own physicians. Um, by definition, the CDC and uh, you know Janet Woodcock of the FDA and Rochelle Walensky of the CDC, they, they're very honest. Um, I totally disagree with their opinions, but they were upfront. They told us that they're not giving us all the data. They told us that. They told us that they're being, uh, not being transparent with the data. I suggest to you that any physician that has pushed the vaccine and there's been a complication, ladies, sue your doctor. I'll be your expert. And I desperately need vaccine injured women um, uh, to come forth because I can, um, anybody, any of your audience out there, um, any of you guys. Definitely share that. Carly, I want <laughs> vaccine injured women, um, they're, they're uh, fearful to come forth. I've uh, put forth this uh, invitation on realnotrare.com and you know, they're very brave and courageous for coming on realnotrare.com, but bring, take it up another step. Please help humanity and please help me and my attorney team fight this evil that's killing our women and children. So please get on our team. Physicians, um, like I said, um, please open up your eyes. Please honor your oath to God. Honor your Hippocratic oath. Um, this, you can't give informed consent. You cannot give informed consent. You have a gag order and on you from the specialty boards. And also, not only that, you have not been given all the information. And I don't think you've done your due diligence. Um, physicians, be really careful because they're coming after you, just like they're doing in Austria. Austria's government just stopped all the vaccinations. They don't even look back. They don't talk about it. What do, what do they do, my physician colleagues? They're putting the blame on you. And that's it for part one of our interview with Dr. James Thorpe. Stay tuned for part two with more data, more conversation around this very important topic, what keeps the mother.